Welcome to the river. It's great to have you here today once again on this, the Sunday of Pentecost, where we celebrate God pouring out his Holy Spirit on this earth, giving life and power for, for sharing the good news to his people. Um, it's a great joy to be with you today and uh, celebrate this day. Our call to worship on Pentecost Sunday is found in Psalm 139, beginning at verse 1. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Let us pray. Lord God, thank you so much for your word, for your invitation to come into your presence. Thank you, Lord, that we can celebrate this day when you poured out your Holy Spirit upon this world, upon believers, and uh, your Spirit works in the hearts of every man and woman, drawing them to know you and trust you, and uh, reveal Jesus Christ as the Savior and Lord. So as we gather on this day, dear Jesus, thank you that you are here with us. Amen. Some songs of praise uh, as we gather for worship, some songs of praise, Living Waters.
the living water. Jesus said that when we believe in him, out of our heart will flow rivers of living water. And he, it says that he spoke that about the Holy Spirit on those who would believe in him would receive. And that gives us hope, hope of the nations.
Scripture reading for today is from Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now where they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians and Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. Well, let's have a little talk for the children out there as we think of the Holy Spirit as the water of life, the living water as we spoke about there earlier. Well, here in our sun porch, we have a number of uh, plants that are just about ready. They're blooming right here, and they're ready to be planted out in our garden, some tomatoes and so forth. But uh, it's been so cold that we're just waiting on that. Well, you know, what's necessary for these plants to, to do well? Well, they need to have air, of course, and then they need to have soil, right? They need to have soil, and, and you can see the sunlight that comes in. But one other thing that they need is water. And so Joyce, would you come over and just give them a little bit of water there? See the water being poured out upon them? Yep. And she's just watering them. That That's good. You'll water the rest later. But they need that water and uh, in order to live, in order to bloom, in order to grow. And, and like this tomato plant over here, that one day they'll produce fruit, we hope. And... Uh, that will be a real blessing to us all. Well, in our lives as Christians, we need to have um, prayer. That's like the air. We need to have good soil. That's like the Word of God. And, of course, we need sunlight. That's the, uh, the bright shining sun of God's glory and His love for us. And we need the water of the Holy Spirit coming into our lives so that he Women in Chadian society are really second tier. Sometimes things that we might see as putting down for women might not necessarily be. The women do spend the majority of their time cooking, preparing food, taking care of their babies and children. And yet there's something fulfilling in that. There's a certain community and friendship that happens when they're in the kitchen cooking. There's laughing and talking and sharing together. But in Chad, women don't have the same status as men. Women are not valued very highly or they're valued differently. They are valued for being an avenue to have children. And children are, are valued in a sense of 
passing on your legacy, and that's important. Women have little power over their own destinies, and many endure much suffering in their lives. When I see their hard lives, and often their suffering, I wish they knew the suffering servant. And I wish they knew that they were valuable. They need to hear the gospel, just as I heard the gospel. And I think of them knowing that there is freedom and joy for them, already accomplished. I don't have to come up with a message. It's already there, and it just has to be told. And I get to do that. In this culture, men and women are very separate. It takes the presence of a woman to be able to get into the most intimate circles of another woman's life. The culture is so community and social oriented that all you have to do is, is enter into something that's already in place in order to sh share the Word of God. And that might be in cooking together or visiting when a baby is born. As I'm in the community and they see that I don't know everything and I probably don't know much about how to live life in the village, um, I see that as a place where I can relate with women and they can help me with learning how to prepare my food. And just the daily life rhythm, as they see that I need to learn from them, that develops relationships. To be able to share with women the view of the Bible and the view that God has of women and how much God loves them is a great avenue to minister to the women. The gospel is for the woman, but at the same time, if her life is transformed by the gospel and she knows the love of Christ, it's not just her life we're touching, but others are going to be touched as well. There is a need and an opportunity for um, single women as missionaries. They have an advantage in that they can focus their entire ministry on mission to women. A lot of my time and energy goes into my family and into my children. I can't spend the amount of time with the woman that I would like to, but a single woman could. I can devote my time and a lot of my energy to bringing the gospel to women that otherwise wouldn't hear the gospel. Could God be calling you to share the gospel with women in Chad? If so, we'd love to talk to you about how to make this calling a reality. Dieu a dit, allez, partez. Même si c'est difficile, allez-y. Dieu est avec vous. L'Esprit de Dieu vous conduit. Il ne vous laissera pas seul. Il est toujours à vos côtés. Perhaps the tendency of some single women would be to think that they don't have much to offer, but they have everything to offer because they have Jesus Christ. Can have control of us, He can feed us and nurture us, and we will grow and we'll bloom where we're planted. <laughs> Wherever we live, we can bloom and, and shine Jesus' love. And just like those um, tomatoes, we can produce good fruit for Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for the good way that you give us your Holy Spirit. We pray that you would help us today to um, give you every part of our lives. Come in, Holy Spirit, and water our lives. Take the Word of God, that good soil. Take the message of the Gospel. Take the sunlight of your love and mix it together and produce good fruit in our hearts and lives. Because it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. Bless each of the kids with us today in Jesus' name. Amen. The Gospel lesson for this Pentecost Sunday, the 23rd of May, is um, found first in John 15, and then we move over into John 16. 15 verse 26. When the Counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. Now, I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asks me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor or helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin 
and righteousness and judgment in regard to sin because men do not believe in me, in regard to righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Lord, this is your word. We pray that you would open it to us, that we might uh, see you more clearly and trust you and and be filled with, with joy in knowing you. Thank you. And we wait upon you to speak through your word to us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you heard these words? I can hardly wait till my birthday comes. We hear that quite often from our daughter, but it's not until August. But it's still a very highly anticipated event. Maybe you've heard, I can't wait until grandma comes or or grandpa. Or simply insert any loved and anticipated writer. It's going to be a great day when they arrive. Well, Jesus promised that after he ascended into heaven, he would send the Holy Spirit, the helper, the counselor, comforter, advocate, power from on high. He said, wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with his power from on high. We celebrate celebrate today that on the great harvest festival of Pentecost, about 50 days after the crucifixion, Jesus kept the promise and sent his spirit. In his promise, Jesus said, when the helper comes, first he will show you who I am. He will show us Jesus. He will testify about me said Jesus. The disciples had asked, show us the Father. And Jesus answered, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. To see Jesus through his words and descriptions and actions is to better understand and know God. And it is the work of the Spirit to open our eyes, our ears, our hearts and minds so we can know God fully through Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Interestingly, the Bible says the Spirit does not point to himself, but to Jesus, and thus he makes the Father known. And if we pray and listen carefully, the Holy Spirit will show us Jesus in every story of the Bible. Oh, I love Uh, a a recent kind of rendering of the Bible called the Children's Storybook Bible. And it makes every effort to put Jesus at the center of every story throughout the Bible or see Jesus there, not artificially or manipulating it to be there, but seeing how God points us to Jesus in every story of Scripture in a way um, opening our eyes to the message of salvation. In the Old Testament, we see it through the prophecies and some through, some through the stories. You, you just think about David defeating Goliath. And too often we hear ourselves as the David who can do it. Well, really, it's Jesus who took on the Goliath of sin and death and he defeated it. Defeated sin and death and the devil by giving his life for us. And then in the New Testament, we see in the parables of Jesus. And we can only understand those parables truly when the Holy Spirit opens us up to receive it. The Spirit points us to and shows us Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, and our God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing that. 
Now, secondly, when the, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will bring conviction to all the world. He will identify and make known to all the world a few things. First, he makes known the reality of sin. When we look around and see the beauty and intricate design of creation, you know, you just think about the human body alone. I just look at how my fingers move. And yet, in this world, most of the 7.9 billion people worship a God of their own making or a God of their choosing, their liking. Even when people come to hear and read of Jesus Christ, they refuse to see him as God the Son, our Savior. Jesus says the Spirit brings conviction of sin because the world does not believe in Jesus. I wonder, even the 2.1 billion Christians, those who name themselves Christians in this world, do we really trust Jesus and put our lives in his control? to the glory of his name. Something to think about. Well then, when the Holy Spirit comes, he makes known to all the world the recognition of righteousness. In If Jeremiah 17, 9 is true, then the heart is deceitfully, or is deceitful above all things. And the Spirit has been given to point that out. So then it becomes obvious that we have no righteousness of our own. And anything we hold up before God as righteousness, Scripture says, is just like filthy rags. That's a hard word to hear. No wonder the people of Jesus' day could not or, or maybe would not see him as the righteous Son of God. Instead, they thought him as evil, or at its best, delusional. Just similar to C.S. Lewis, who wrote wonderful books of, of, uh, of the Christian faith. And he said, Is Jesus lunatic, liar, or Lord? If you won't believe, then you push him away as lunatic or as liar. Because what will it mean to make him your Lord? What will it cost? William Barclay, another author and commentator, said, It is an amazing thing that people would put their trust for all eternity in a crucified Jewish criminal. What convinces women and men and children that he is the Son of God? It is the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. It is the Spirit who convinces us of the righteousness of Christ. Enough that we put our faith in Him, trusting in Him for all eternity. Then thirdly, it reveals, the Holy Spirit's work reveals the rebellion and judgment that results. Let me just read this once again. He says, When he comes, the Spirit, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment, in regard to sin because men do not believe in me, in regard to righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and in regard to judgment because the Prince of this world now stands condemned. The prince of this world, the devil, stands condemned by the holiness and justice of God because his rebellion against the authority, the lordship, and even the love of God. Oh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, has all, they have all authority. The, it's hard to say that God as revealed in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, has all authority, all power, and is complete and perfect love. The devil 
saw that and wanted himself to be first place. So he rebelled and, and God judged him and will cast him into everlasting darkness at the final judgment. And oh, how the world runs toward that darkness and toward that rebellion, saying, I want to be like God, myself. I want to be God. Oh, that is a hard thing. The devil has such a grip on this world and our sinful nature and the enticement of things around us would lead us to the darkness. As Jesus said, we stand under the judgment of God ourselves. For men or people love darkness more than light. Unless we come under the Lordship of Christ and he takes us out of the darkness into his marvelous light and we place our faith in the crucified and risen Jesus Christ. When the Helper comes, he will guide us into all the truth. Jesus called the Spirit the Spirit of Truth. How can we see through the falsehood, the lies, the fake news of our world today? It's the Spirit that opens our eyes to recognize the truth. And most importantly, the Spirit, the author of the Bible. Yes, the author of Scripture. He uses the Word of God, the Bible, as the plumb line. As that which we judge against. When used in its context, Jesus said, Father, make us holy, sanctify us in the truth, set us apart, for your word is truth. And the Holy Spirit uses God's word as the straight and narrow. In our world, our postmodern world, I have to say real truth is not relative it doesn't sound like this. My truth and your truth can be different. No, no. Truth is truth according to God's word. Oh, our perceptions can be different. Like those who are colorblind. And I look at something and I say it's green and someone looks at it and say it's gray because they are colorblind, unable to perceive the difference. Well, there is a blindness, the blindness of sin that keeps us from seeing the real things, the way things really are. The Bible says right will be called wrong and wrong will be called right in the last days, except when guided by the Spirit, the Spirit of truth, who will convict us of wrong and lead us to that which is right. That leads us to our next point. He will declare all things that are to come. The future is unfolding before us. The future unfolded before the disciples when the Spirit was given and the church was born on that day of Pentecost. And we see how the book of Acts was lived out. Then we see how things were fulfilled in the life of Peter, in the life of Paul and the life of John, and then he wrote the book of Revelation as it looks toward the future, even beyond the New Testament. And we wonder, how will these things be fulfilled? The Spirit guides us to see things that are to come, to understand them as he reveals his way and his truth to us. You know, that which happened to Peter and Paul and John... We have them as Holy Scripture, and they, the Spirit uses that to guide us into our future as these last days unfold. Today, the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to see the prophecies of the Bible being fulfilled right there before us. He says there will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be pestilence. There will be revival among the nations. And it's the work of the Spirit to help us see these things. Then the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. 
Have you been at a place where you're overwhelmed by the love of God in Jesus? Maybe a worship service or a special event where Christ's sacrifice for you at the cross just fills you with thankfulness, with joy and love, and, and your eyes well up with tears. Where you want to lift Jesus higher and higher in thanks and praise and heart-filled worship. Your hands go up. Your face is lifted up. Your voice is raised in praise and in thanks to Jesus. You see Jesus as the only way, the only truth and the life giver, the only life giver. He is all we need. Every other God or idol or human leader pales in comparison and fades in the light of his glory and grace. And finally, he will declare all the truth about Jesus. Isn't it a wonder to watch when people have a, an aha moment, when the light goes on, or suddenly we get it? But what is it? It is the truth of the gospel. We may have heard preaching for years in a religious way and, and understood it that way, that God's word tells us what we have to do. And we hear it by our ears, do more. To be right with God, you've got to do more. You've got to love God, love your neighbor, serve, work, work, work. But when the Spirit breaks through and we suddenly see the gospel in that aha moment, we hear God say, done. I've done enough. Rest in me. There's a revelation beyond all things. There's true joy, peace, and love that breaks in because of Jesus. So, on this day, what a gift we've received. In the Spirit who works in our lives, we see our need. It's like being diagnosed by a, a doctor, a physician, the great physician. And we see God's gift of life in Christ, the, the cure, and we hear his invitation. And he himself empowers us to believe. And then we're empowered and gifted so we can share this life with others. He gives gifts to his people, to his church. He gives gifts so we can pray in the Spirit. We can pray and touch with him to see God more closely as our Lord, as our friend, as our Savior. But also we can pray for the healing of others and miraculous things to happen in their lives through His Word and Spirit. He gives us gifts so we can boldly proclaim the truth of the good news to others, so that it's good news. It's not just bad news given a different name. No, it's truly good news, forgiveness and life, healing in Jesus' name. And we then, in the Spirit, can tirelessly serve. He gives us gifts so we can do that. And we can lead the lost to know our Lord Jesus Christ. The helper is here. Will you pray with me to be filled, empowered, and activated by God? Oh, God the Holy Spirit wants to work in our lives so that all the glory would go to Jesus. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit. Today, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill our hearts? Take control of us and transform us from the inside out. 
Holy Spirit, we, we ask that you would open the gifts in our lives. Maybe a gift for more intimate prayer. Maybe a gift that gives us confidence to pray for those who are sick. Lord, maybe it's a gift to give leadership and or to serve, to encourage, to teach. Holy Spirit, come, fill us and use us for the glory of the Father's holy name. Jesus, we thank you that your Holy Spirit convicts us of our need and and Holy Spirit, you point us to the Savior. Oh Lord, we invite you into our lives to give us your power that we might be witnesses at home, in the neighborhoods and area right around us, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I want to sing a song here for you and lead you in this one. It's called Come, Holy Spirit. Come as wisdom to the children. Come as new sight to the blind. Come, Lord, a strength to my weakness. Take me, soul, body, and mind. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, I need Thee. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come. Strength and thy power come in thine own special way, come as a rest to the weary, come as a balm for the soul, come as a some of the needs of our homes, our countries. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you promised to pour out your spirit upon this world and lead people to faith, empower believers to be witnesses and take the good news around the world. Lord, we pray that you would fill us. Your word says to pray that we would be filled, to be filled with the Spirit. 
and sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And that, Lord, to make you known. Lord, we pray for our families, people in our, in our circle of influence, in our homes, in our communities, people who don't know you. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would work and, and open their eyes to see Jesus. Lord, we pray for believers in our neighborhoods and in our communities and pray that believers would be equipped and filled to overflowing with your love, joy, peace, so that people would be drawn to you. We pray, O oh Father, that you would lift up the name of Jesus in our lives, in our churches, Lord, in your church, O oh Lord. Lord, empower your church to go beyond feelings of uh, inferiority or, or the, the feelings of being cooped up or being um, sort of underprivileged during this time of COVID. Lord, release your church to live the gospel in our communities, not being bound to just a one Sunday, just a one hour on Sunday mornings, but being alive to witness all through the week. And may there be fruit that we see. Lord, we pray for those who serve you around the world, for missionaries who take the good news, but also who serve and bring health and healing and food and life to people. Lord, we pray for those who are leading your church, pastors, teachers. Lord, we pray for the youth of our churches, that, Lord, young men and women would grow up to know you and just sense a call by your Spirit to, to be um, witnesses, those who testify to what they've seen, heard, and experienced. Lord, we pray for those who are leaders. We pray for those who are leaders in our cities or towns, the mayor or the uh, Councillors and Reeves of our communities, the, the premier of our province here in Alberta, but other provinces across our nation, governors, if anyone is in the United States. We pray for our prime minister. We pray, Lord, for those who are presidents and leaders in other countries too. Lord, that your peace would prevail in times of war, that your your abundance would flow and generosity would flow to those places that are so desperate for even a, a bite of food or a drink of water. Lord, set your people free to be generous. Set even unbelievers free to be generous people to those needs in our world. And Lord, we pray for those who are in the front lines of of service in this pandemic, in this time of, of COVID. Lord, we pray that you would truly work to give encouragement to those who are working there and serving. And Lord, may you bring healing to those who've been affected. And Lord, may you just break the bonds of this and set us free. Remove the fear, remove the uncertainties. And Lord, give us joy, make us a courageous people who would live in your love and life. And now, Lord, we would pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's sing one more song before we end our time together today. It's a campfire song and and as we get together uh, for the river, different times and places, we love to sing these songs where we get clapping and, and singing with joy the truth of the Lord. 
Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning, burning, burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning, burning, burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. And I will sing, Hosanna, sing, Hosanna, sing, Hosanna to the Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Amen.